don't be scared. I, I usually wear my Mahomes jersey on game days, but I have my Mahomes socks on, so does that count? I swear, I'll, I'll put my jersey on once I get home. <laughs> uh, it's good to uh, uh, be here today and to share with you. Uh, you know, fall's kind of my favorite time of the year anyways, you know, the, the leaves and, you know, the crisp air and, oh, you know, pumpkin patches, football. So I've given a, a children's sermon on that pumpkin Christian uh, analogy before, so I thought I would uh, expand on that. The kids downstairs are doing a lesson on it as well. Uh, it goes something like this, right? God, you know, if we were the pumpkin in the metaphor, you know, picks us out of the patch, scoops us up, takes us home, cleans us up, right? Opens us, scoops out all the yucky stuff, sin and doubt and fear and hate, puts a new face on us, eyes and ears and a mouth to hear and see, and then, you know, puts his light in us to shine. So that's the, uh, you know, the children's sermon version. And since I'm a children's minister, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> I'll just expand on it. <laughs> um, I am a fourth grade teacher, if you don't know, and um, you know, I think about sometimes, you know, we hear people, maybe you've heard these words uttered like, oh, I'm done with them, or ah, they're dead to me, or oh, kids these days, or oh, I weep for the future, right? You hear people kind of make those, you know, statements, ah, that's just the way I am, or ah, they're never going to change. Or what's wrong with people, right? Kind of hear people say those things and um, thinking about, you know, our pumpkin Christian theme. Um, I've started sharing something called On the Road. And it's probably not new to you. Um, it's been on CBS Evening News for many years. Um, but I play this video to my kids during our um, social emotional learning block and um, they have uh, made the On the Road series into um, like a, a children's um, lesson. He's branded it uh, Kindness 101. So they'll tell a human interest story about someone who showed some kindness to somebody in their community. It could be across the country. Um, you know, we've seen um, lessons about you know, children making a difference in their communities, raising money, being kind to people um, that don't fit in with disabilities. We see um, the other day, there's a, a video on a 99-year-old man that ran across the country to raise money. Well, he wasn't running, but he was walking, and he did not stop. Um, so... It gives a little, you know, different perspective on really are people just the way they are? Is the world always going to be the way it is? Not much hope there. Watching these videos, 
And it's, I'm sure at the end of the evening news, sometimes we think, oh my gosh, all those stories we see on the evening news, they end it with, you know, a little piece of hope. Um, so our pumpkin Christian um, theme uh, gives us that hope as well. Um, when we are in, you know, our lives, just living them, uh, we've already been known by God. Um, he knows us. He knows um, our hearts. He knows our actions. In Psalm 139, 1 through 6, it says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. So, we, you know, use that analogy. We're, we're looking for that pumpkin. Um, we took the kids to the pumpkin patch a couple weeks ago. Yeah, all of our children are adults and they still want to go. And you're looking at all the sea of pumpkins, right? But when you see that one, you know it, don't you? It's got maybe the right shape or, you know, the stem is just curved right and the right handle. And it's got the, you know, cool markings on it. So God knows us. In Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so God seeks us. He knows us. He's waiting for us to allow him to be the, the leaders of our lives. In fact, in Psalm 49.1, it says, Listen to me, you islands, hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken to me. So we have been known by God. Uh, since the beginning. And so, I'm going to mirror that with um, a, a good character that we all know, that Saul-Paul transformation. See, when he's on the road, God calls him. Well, he doesn't say, hey, you. You over there on the road, right? He's calling him by name twice, in Acts 1 through 4, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. When he went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them prisoners to Jerusalem. As he, heard, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light flashed from heaven all around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Lord knew what he was doing, 
He knows his every movements, his thoughts, and yet he calls him. He knows him by name. He had plans for him. If you go to the next slide. And he chooses us. In the pumpkin patch, we, we choose that pumpkin, we scoop it up, we lift it up, we pick it up and maybe put it in the car, take it home, make a purchase. The Lord has purchased us, us uh, through the life and death and resurrection of his son, in Isaiah 43, 1, it says, But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, who formed you in Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Even as we are sinners, God claims us as his child. In John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And then a very famous verse. We love because he loved us first. He chose us. He picked us. My dad used to say, God, don't make no junk. We're all his. So when we're walking around and shopping and going places and running into people, they all are God's too. And we should remember to be a little patient with God's creation. Uh, God chose Saul. As soon as he was blinded and fell to the ground in Acts 5 through 9, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, and they heard a sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand to Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So that could be, you know, literally blinded, but also, you know, I'm thinking about him being blind to what he was doing, being blind to what... Um, his mission was that he was going to, you know, get rid of these Jesus people. They called them the way. He was a very powerful and very well-learned individual. But God chose Saul, maybe for that reason, even though he was murderous. 
God and then cleans me. So we take that pumpkin home. Maybe it's got some mud or dirt on it. We wash it. I heard a tip that you wash it in bleach water. The slugs won't eat at it. Maybe it keeps the squirrels away. God cleans us as well. Psalm 51.7, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And then in Matthew it says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleaned of leprosy. The man just had a little faith. I believe that you can, Lord. Doesn't matter the choices that we made in the past. God can make us clean. We're his. He chose us. And he can clean us. And he cleansed Saul, too. As soon as... He met Ananias in Acts 9:17. He laid his hands on his heads on his head and something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. Immediately when the Lord through Ananias gave the message to Saul, the change began. May not have changed his name right away, but the cleansing had begun. And he cleans us on the inside as well. I love that song from the inside out. Um, sometimes we say, well, you know, what the heart Feels That's what comes out of your mouth. So if your heart is pure and kind, then you say pure and kind things. So it can go that direction. With a pumpkin, we cut it open. We scoop out all the yucky stuff, the slime, the strings, the seeds. We get it ready. We make room. And so God cleans us. This is a longer passage, but I want to read it. It's pretty powerful. Matthew 23, it goes from 25 to 36. Kind of hits home. Woe, you teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones 
of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we have lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started, you snakes, you brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned? Jesus, kind of letting them have it, we aren't to be worried about just the outside, how we look, how others see us, what we dress like, what our house looks like, what we drive. That's all that outside stuff. Jesus was pretty clear. He wants us to take care of what's on the inside. Our desires, align them to his in Hebrews 9.14, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unbellished to God, cleanse our consciousness from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? I'd never heard it phrased like that, cleanse our consciousness. So even though we may be Selfish, self-centered. Sometimes I think of all the things I want first. God can still cleanse us and use us. Who can say, I've kept my heart pure and I am clean and without sin? He cleans us from the inside out. And so... He cleansed Paul. From Saul to Paul, immediately, as soon as he got up and could see, he was baptized and went to the synagogue and started preaching. He was already well known by the Jews for his um, zealous preaching. He was empowered by their faith to go and hunt down those who may be speaking against what they thought was true and pure. And he immediately changes. He's cleansed. He's different. If he can change a murderous man like Saul and turn him into a great prophet who wrote most of the New Testament, then, you know, what can he do with little old me? Pretty powerful story. We go to the next slide. 
as we grab our pumpkin and open it up, I like, you know, carving the, the lid off, getting it to get out and open up just right. We have to be open to God's leadings. Sometimes things happen in our lives that draw us closer to him. We make decisions sometimes when um, we may be at our lowest. We're open. We, uh, we're vulnerable, maybe. Paul was on the road, blinded, weak. He was vulnerable. He was open to being changed. And as we empty that pumpkin, we make room for the candle. We make room for the light to shine. Then uh, as we empty those things in our life that are getting in the way of us following God's leadings, then he can put his will and his way in us. In Psalm 40, 1 through 3, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of a slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. We get rid of those things that are stumbling blocks in our lives and then we're empty and open for God to put a new song in our mouth. In Romans 6, 6 it says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. In 2 Corinthians, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The song we sang, you know, it says, we are the light, that's the church. And then we saw, and we sang the second chorus, and it says, Jesus, you are the light in us. So we are cleansed and changed as Saul was changed to Paul. So Ananias was called in a vision to go lay his hands on Saul's head. And he says, Lord, I've heard the reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. Saul had a reputation he was, well, we would say, infamous to those who were believers of Jesus. 
but Ananias followed the Lord. And in putting his hands on Paul, healed him and changed Paul and Saul. If we keep going with that analogy, he makes us new. Next slide, please. A new creation. A couple from 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. You ever meet a friend you hadn't seen in a long time? Maybe on vacation you go to where you used to live. I met a couple friends in Michigan a summer ago that I hadn't seen since high school. You know, we were kind of the same, but we all had changed. We weren't the same people that we knew in high school. We told some stories about some of the things that we said and did, and we all giggled and had fun, but, you know, we realized we're not those people anymore. We, we've changed. The old had gone. We had a new friendship now. And in 318, and we all, with unfailed, Oh, I already read that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, contemplate the Lord's glory, being transformed into his image. So we think about carving the face of the pumpkin. We're changing its appearance, but also, you know, giving it eyes. So that, you know, through that analogy that we have eyes, we can see his creation that he loves. We don't see people in line or driving that we get irritated with. <laughs> we see people that he loves, his world that he created. I don't usually carve ears in my pumpkin, but you know, we are given new ears to hear God's word. Even as we sang about just breathing in that spirit, we put a nose on a pumpkin that we can breathe in. And, and then the mouth, obviously, that we speak. We speak kindness, love, not to be bitter or angry. It's kind of hard to do, for sure. And then God made Saul new into Paul. In Acts 13, he is first um, called Paul, right in the middle of the chapter. In Acts 1 through 12, I mean, uh, verses 1 through 12 in chapter 13, he gets called Saul several times. But then when he goes to Antioch, they start calling him Paul, which might be a superficial change, just changing your name. Okay, I'm not David, I'm Dave. Um, 
When I start, first started going to church here, and I was dating Rhonda, um, there were a lot of Davids in this church. And, uh, you know, someone would say, you know, David, and someone would say, well, which one? And uh, so Pastor Hughes asked me if I, you know, went by a nickname. So I told him, well, my friends in college called me Gus. So the entire church just knew me as Gus. Didn't even know me as Dave or David. And uh, we got married and um, we were going through the, the rehearsal uh, and Pastor Hughes, you know, was going through the service and he goes, will you, Rhonda, take Gus to be your, you know, <laughs> and my mom and dad were sitting, you know, in the rehearsal and they looked at each other and then they looked up at me <laughs> and they were, had this confused look on their face and, you know, afterward they said, did he call you Gus? What's that? And I'm like, oh, well, that's my nickname. So, you know, in the wedding, he, he made sure to use my legal name. He used David. So it's a pretty superficial change, but that's what people knew me as. I was Gus. So that's what I was known as. So I think that change signifies something deeper with the, the Saul and the Paul. We see that transformation in his ministries. He went from like Saul, the persecutor, the prosecutor out there, making sure the laws were being um, followed and people were, you know, following the, the right teachings. He turned into, Saul turned into Paul, the preacher, the teacher, the writer. He was a personal mentor. So he made Saul new. And then, to end our analogy, he puts his light in us. We set a candle in a pumpkin so that we can see it at night. We can see the eyes and the mouth glowing. And so too, once we make room for his light in us, he gives it to us so that others may see. Matthew 5, 14, 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill, as we sang this morning, cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that may, they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's not for us to be seen. It's that others see God in us. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us all from sin. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says, For God, who said, Let Light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ.
He can take us as we are and cleanse us and make us new and we can be his representatives to those in our families, in our neighborhoods, at our jobs, in our schools. And so obviously, God put his light in Paul. At the end of Acts 31, it says, <clears throat> then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. By far, Paul was considered the greatest New Testament prophet, disciple. He wrote Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Corinthians, Timothy, Colossians, Hebrews. He traveled the world. He wrote from prison. He overcame what some say was a crippling ailment. And yet, that light still shined in him. So we don't say things like, Oh, I weep for the future. Or gosh darn kids these days. Or what's wrong with that guy, right? I catch myself saying those things. We need to retrain our brain. Put something new in our heart. Because as we can be transformed and changed for the good of Christ, so can those around us that we may have hope. If you've made a decision to invite Jesus into your heart, you can come forward and make that public at this time. Or if you'd like to join our fellowship, become members of the church, I'll meet you down front on the steps. You can contact the church office this week. See Pastor Kevin next Sunday. So please come forward during the hymn of invitation. members that are grieving, going through health concerns, job issues, family emergencies. We just want to extend our sympathies to, to George, the passing of Robbie. Um, the service is Wednesday, November 1st. 
visitation at 10.30, funerals at 11.30. Um, we have other things going on in our church as well. We can fellowship together that evening uh, for our annual Thanksgiving dinner. Come and bring a side or a salad or a dessert and help one another through fellowship. If you'll bow with me, we'll close. Dear Lord, we, we thank you for this time that we can be together in your house, that we are yours, that you chose us. Help us to make room for your light in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.